Hello and welcome to Taishar Manethrin, a Wheel of Time podcast. I'm Will. I'm Sam. And we're excited to be talking about episode five of season two of the Wheel of Time show. Yeah, we are. So Sam, uh, right off the bat, what are your first impressions? Love it. So good. I have so many fewer notes, I think because I was just enjoying watching it. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't want to pause it and take notes. Yeah. I was so just so happy after this one. And, and having had a really good one the previous week and this one, which definitely has my favorite scene so far, yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. That um, it like feels exactly right, even though it's not exactly the way right. I mean, there's a changes from the book. It feels quite true to the book. Right. Yeah. I I was just, yeah, I, I watched, I, I, I rewatched this one probably three times. I was just, that, and of course we've had more time because we're recording on a Tuesday because I was uh, busy on Sunday, celebrating my birthday. Happy birthday. Do yeah. I turn 27 once? You know what? You're the third person to make a joke like that, which makes me know I'm actually getting older. No, the reason I made that joke is because I have a coworker who is our age. He's like, you know, at some point, just to say I'm around 27 <laughs> for, <laughs> from then I, on. I don't have a problem with getting older. To me, this is just... This happens to everybody. I feel like I've been about 47 or 50 for four or five years. Yeah. You know, I, I know what you mean. Like, like I was 32 from the time I was in my mid teens. Yeah. And, yeah. And so there's, there's some ways in which it's like, I, I, the fact that I'm, I'm almost 40 is feels like ridiculous to me, but yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Same. My seven-year-old acts like he's about 27, so. <laughs> so, kicking it off in this show, uh, first scene, we're in Thalm, or Thalm. Thalm. There's times where they say it with the m at the end that almost sounds like Thalma. Right, right. I, I really am curious about, like, it, it has to be a conscious choice to choose these pronunciations. I mean, they have people on set who know these, who, who would know the right pronunciation. Right. And so I'm just curious. Well, I wonder why Falm, why Moiraine, why you know, there's been, you know, a half dozen of them that are well, yeah, I know, conscious I mean, Tar- choices. Like Tarvalon, for example, was, yeah. a, was a uh, definite choice. Yeah, that one's okay. That one sounds cooler, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. You could kind of argue it either way. I suspect some of these are the actually, you know, the way Jordan intended because Tarvalon was apparently the way Jordan intended. He he saw it was a uh, take on Avalon. Oh, wow. Um, is that, so is that pronunciation in like the glossary or something? As, no, he's there. Oh, he's just said it in like an yeah, interview. There's, there's, uh, okay. There was some right, interview so. with him where somebody asked about it and he said, you know, the fact that it caught on as Tarvalon well, that's cool. Well, well, dang! Now I'm wondering how many more I've like thought incorrectly. Well, it's not just you. I mean, the the whole audiobook, you know, yeah, they called right, it Tarvalin, right. and yeah. of course, you know, the audiobook is inconsistent with pronunciation. You have that's true. Mogedian and Mogadine. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. That's but uh, anyway, yeah, we're we're at Tumon Head um, in Falm. Loyal's there and Suroth, of course. Got an Ishmael, naturally. It's um you know, it's it's an interesting thing as we, we see more and more of the way that they're depicting the Sean Chan, mm-hmm. these weird umpire masks that Yeah, I was kinda that's an interesting the umpire mask is an interesting uh choice. I don't know that there's any evidence of that in the book. I mean, characters have veils. But that's yeah. one character in particular in the Sean Chan. I don't really know that there's others who have yeah. the Empire mask, but it's fine. And also, Suroth, especially in these scenes, and especially with the, I don't know if it's like a headpiece or a wig that she's wearing right now. Yeah. Um, it, but she, it's like Suroth Amidala. Is yes, very much hundred percent. Yeah, the vibe. Turok's got like shoulder pads, like he's about to, he, like he got the spikes uh, yeah. when he, like he sacked the quarterback and he got the spikes. It's kind of <laughs> my. 
You know, one of one of the things, and uh, and of course, the book is very clear that in addition to the lacquered, not lengthened, but mm-hmm. lacquered fingernails, the amount of head that is shaved right. is uh, indicative component. of how yeah. high and the high they are in the blood, Which, or I mean, they kind of are doing that, but it's also a little confusing I mean, because yeah, Turok has his. I'm sorry, he has his head shaved. Yeah, that's like. Or does he? Is it fully shaved? I can't tell. Here. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. But yeah. also, Suroth no, is no. either wearing a, this wig or weird headpiece headpiece that looks like a wig mm-hmm. in in these scenes. But as we see later, because it it does doesn't really the poor actress. I just feel like it doesn't do anything for her to have oh, her yeah. head mostly shaved. I've seen that's other people true. say this. Oh yeah, um, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, man, that's really committing to the role. Like, <laughs> like it yeah. almost to the point where, like, did they? This is just like, um, like a like a making you look bald thing. But no, I think she genuinely shaved part of her yeah, head. I don't, I don't know. That's um, um, you know, power to you for the thing. I was really curious about is what are those those fingernails that they got, that that the soldier sliced off? Like, it looked like fingernails. So it's yeah. Like, I know no one really grew their fingernails out that long. So like, what material is this? That they're right. Quite good. I mean, they did a good job of that. Good, good job to the makeup, um, special effects makeup. There's a lot of just good work in this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, in this scene, we get Han Fane randomly waltzing in yeah, with, with the, the horn, of horn of Valley or puzzle box, right? which looks really cool. But there, there are a couple of things here. If I'm going to be, please, I don't, I don't want to be like negative about it ah, because I love it. this and episode. We're going to be gushing enough. So yeah, do but <laughs> here, here's my thing with this moment. Huh? I don't like pot on Fane seeming to be a crony of Ishamayel's. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even thought of that. He's really should be more of a, just an agent of chaos. Yeah. That no it, one knows what to do with because he's so crazy and uh, deadly. Right. There, there's a, there's a real sense in which, you know, the rabid dog, almost. The dark one is kind of a, I don't know, a neutral evil. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And where and it's it, like a force of nature or, or whatever. But but I'm saying like Panon Fane is more of a true chaotic evil. Yeah. Like, yeah. The white cloaks are lawful evil. Mm-hmm. Valda is lawful evil. Right. To me, it, it kind of messes with things a little bit because in the books there even is a a, a kind of almost conflict between whatever Fane is and the Forsaken in general, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, it's almost like at times they're afraid of him. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Yeah. And he's like coming across as just this like lap dog and it's like, where's the, where's the dagger? You know, he needs to be um, casually murdering people more often. Yeah. Um, And who knows? And just needs to seem crazier. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's early ish days, but it does seem like by this point in the book, he'd be murdering folks carelessly, just acting quite demonically insane. Yeah. Anyway, that, and I, I mean, I kind of wish the Horn of Valier was getting a little more due in this season than it has been. Yeah. Yeah, that's hopefully, true. hopefully, you know, if they if they stick the landing, I don't know. Amen. Yeah. And in one way, I'm almost leery of even saying that because, like, uh, my my hopes are so high. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. We we came into the season thinking, well, who knows yeah. how it's going to be, and it, they've surpassed those expectations, which has raised the bar. Right. And, uh, my main question from the end of this scene is how High Lord Turok is going to wield a sword um, with them fingernails. Yes. <laughs> yes. I guess it's no different from some ladies that are like working at a cash register with super, you know, but these are very long fingernails. Yeah. I had the same thought. Yeah, I, I, it's why I can't quite get on board with the fingernails. It's just yeah. they're, they're too impractical. I, I need him to be like Lady Deathstrike and be able to just retract them when he needs to fight or something. <laughs> yeah. something. Maybe we'll find out his are truly ornamental and can be yeah, removed. It, it, there are moments when it's like, oh, those do look like exactly that. Like, you know, is this intended to look artificial or is it just the lacquer and the, you know, the decorations? So that's a fair question, I think. Interesting. Something that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't paused it in this scene immediately following. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to take place at Kinslayer's Dagger. Oh, yeah. Sure enough. Nice. And That's a nice touch. Yeah. Just as a little... Which is pretty far north of Kyrian. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, yeah, um, there, there could have been a little time skip there, I guess. Yeah. 
but then that would mean Moraine also had to travel a long way. Eh. Did we ever find out how she found them? Or was it just uh, her it was, her sister? Her sister had so, eyes and ears. So, um, yeah, it really is a question of how long of a horseback ride it would be to the cabin in the woods for yeah. all involved. Sure. Then we get. Uh, then we move on to Lanfear coming back to life, and we nice little, nice little saw and crossing her eyes there. Yeah. Oh man, just excellent special effects makeup. Yeah, by the way, absolutely. Yeah, um, very good. And it's, uh, and this is a, another change from the book. I mean, right. Um, so the saw in the book means that a forsaken is channeling the true power. Yes. Um, which is it only ever Moradin who does that? I can't remember. It doesn't Correct. matter. Yeah. Um, um, and it's Moradin like, and and for now I'm I I'm gonna have to have a spoiler section later. By the way, um, okay. For like full books, everything. But yeah, yeah. For now, we'll just say we're. We're trying to not spoil anything up through the great. Uh, yeah, it's know, a, the great it's hunt. a hard. It's like hard to know since I mean this is just a different take on this concept from the book. Right. I mean this just simply does not happen. But um, either as a way to bring someone back to life, or generally Lanfear using you know right. having having the saw in her eyes. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, hmm. and you are correct that only those who are permitted to can channel mm-hmm. the true power. So, so like, I'm like, I'm struggling. Is it a spoiler to say what that is in the books when it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is still, I so, don't know. Yeah. We can and do I, a spoiler I, section. That's fine. That'd be better. But, uh, you know, really to me, the biggest thing that I would, I would take issue with, with it is not the fact that it, I like the fact that, that they are getting around the whole, them coming back as different people thing, right? which is a spoiler, but I'm just saying it. Yeah, no, yeah, I think we we crossed that river bridge, uh, burned that bridge last episode. <laughs> yeah, but, and I, and I think that's a good thing. But again, if I'm going to be nitpicky a little bit. Yeah, do it. The, the true power is only destructive in the books. It cannot be used mm-hmm. to do anything but destroy because it's evil. And, yeah, and it drives you insane. <laughs> right, and so... But it, and it huh. does give you these powers that are greater than using the one power. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, after we have the, the scene of her coming back from the brink of death. Right, um, Rand and Moraine are commandeering uh, some horses. Moraine is showing how hardcore she is by slitting her horse. horse's throat. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and... I think some people I, I read online, some people had a problem with that, that it was unnecessary and arguably it is, but also it is, it, it's such a good like moment of desperation. Rand's like, what are you, what? Yeah. And yeah. also no horses were harmed in the making of the wheel time. I'm sure. Yes. Don't worry. No horse actually died. Otherwise I would be bummed out too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lanfear shows up, sees the dead horse and... The most unlucky dude in the world. He's just like, hey, hey, lady, what you doing here? <laughs> and and you know up. immediately, as soon as right. this guy rides up, you're like, oh, <laughs> this, this is poor, not going to end well. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. And, and he becomes I, the headless horseman. I also, yeah, I like how she has donned her, her evil, like, outfit, evil sorceress <laughs> outfit. Right. And, That's a good point. <laughs> you know, like she just had that handy somewhere where it's like she's no longer she's clearly no longer not trying playing. to be sultry and uh, the innkeeper yeah. and all that right stuff. yeah and she's she got is. like some some light shoulder pads and yeah. dark cloak and yep yep exactly so yeah after she <laughs> dispatches with that poor gentleman and rides off one of the things you know that's kind of interesting is just how clearly deadly and proficient she is with the power absolutely that was quite impressive and terrifying yeah dude had a head and then he didn't have a head anymore there's i don't know it's amazing was that air just like inside his head i don't know Uh, it's uh, air spirit fire water all mixed together just just a lot of of it all like concentrated in one spot maybe yeah yeah 
back to Elias and Perrin, who uh, Elias is once again showing how he much prefers to hang out with wolves. Thanks. Uh, My only thought, my first thought throughout this whole scene is that I wanted Hopper to be in the x-ray. I thought he's doing a great job and he needs to have his own x-ray. And it is funny to me that Elias's x-ray is uh, him with glasses on. Uh, It's just just a funny Oh, yeah. Totally (laughs) looks like a different dude. That's funny. It does, yeah. Yeah, um, Arad Doman. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, we're just throwing out um, random places now. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> I'm not sure how they would have gotten all the way to Arad Doman. Yeah, so you have this moment where Perrin's upset because Elias has been leading him in circles, trying mm-hmm. to get him away from his friends. Just and... give him that wolf pep talk. Like, just get it, man. You're supposed to be with wolves. You're not supposed to care about people. And Perrin is not cooperating. Yeah. He's going back to a Tuins mill, not far from that. Yeah, and Hopper seems to be upset as he's walking off because Hopper mm-hmm. is a good boy. Yes, he is absolutely a good boy. We're back to, I keep wanting to call her Celine because we've been calling her Celine, but Lanfear riding through whipping a horse with the, with the one power. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, that's a nice, this is like one power whip. Like that seems yeah. like a difficult weave to maintain. It's like the lasso of truth or whatever. Oh yeah, it does kind of look like the lasso of truth. Uh, evil Wonder Woman. We find out here that uh, Moraine and Rand have sent the other woman on as bait. Uh, well, we kind of find that out later, but we, we can Gave surmise her the slip. it. Um, yeah. And this is where Moraine tells Rand that um, Ishamael is free. And and then she says something that is different, another change from the books. Or, yeah, or, that we didn't sort of realize what was, was happening, um, but okay. When we're talking about last time how, you know, each there's a seal for each one of the Forsaken, Moraine tells us here that if all of the seals are broken, there will be no hope. Yeah, which is like a little bit of a bummer. Like, all right, so does that mean there's Forsaken that we're not going to meet? But also, maybe that could help explain why there are fewer Forsaken in the show than in the book. So, okay. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, the other thought I have is maybe she is wrong. She is not lying. Maybe she just... Mm -hmm. Doesn't understand. Yeah, doesn't. Yeah, doesn't. You know, no. Yeah, it's the the Chekhov's gun thing. Like, um, if there are seals if there are so many forsaken right. we, they will all be in it you know <laughs> check off stark one's seals right. yeah, yeah you know like you do back to hopper who is uh quite concerned um with where perrin is going um, no, but you don't understand yeah he's such a good boy uh this is um if, if anybody has been listening to our show they'll remember that this is a particular breed of like wolfhound, wolfhound. Yeah, yeah, like check. They're like check or something. Yeah, that it makes me want to find out if it like because they just they look so beautiful. It's like, are these dogs available in the US? Yeah, it's like, like uh, Sophie Turner adopted her wolf dog from uh, Game of Thrones. Lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm so glad that they use actual dogs and not CG. Like there was that. Um, I may have mentioned this before. There's that White Fang. It's either mm-hmm. White Fang or Call of the Wild. Maybe both. Call, Call of the Wild, I think. Yeah, that's like the dog one. is CG and the dog is the main character. And it just yeah. totally ruins it for me because you know all these poor actors are, you know, staring at like a tennis ball on a stick <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like, <laughs> at least have like, I don't know. I just want to see the, the the shot where it's like a chihuahua and then they're going to cut in, you know, the chihuahua and like a, like a green suit. And anyway, right. <laughs> but I'm very glad that these are actual wolf dogs and <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing a chihuahua in a green suit now uh, <laughs> yes yeah that would also. be awesome yeah if you if they went through the trouble of training a chihuahua which is like you know very hard to do yeah <laughs> impossible Har- harnessing a, impossible yeah you know a hurricane it's the little yeah. dogs you have to watch out for yeah. it's true man this is where we're getting into one of my favorite yeah, things here. You kind of see it. And this is where I realized that I, in, I, so what I, we talked about the tr- the teaser last episode, I jumped to a conclusion that was wrong, which was that Gaul would be in the show. And it's quite clear as Perrin enters a two mill that Gaul either is not going to be in the show at all, or is at least not going to be in this scene where he otherwise would be. And I totally fine with it. 
at this point. Yeah. I'm just, I'm curious how things are going to play out for where Perrin ends up later. Yeah. And, and the fact that Gaul is kind of his ride or die. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the, everyone is in different situations relationally with other characters, not relationally, but like just yeah. uh, in terms of who is close to who. I mean, in, in the book, Avienda and Perrin aren't that close almost yeah. ever. I mean, they're just, it's just not yeah. the way that we're, it's not just doesn't happen. And yeah, so it's I've a very different sort of dynamic. I've heard I'm other okay people with. say like, you know, maybe there may not even be a scene where the two of them actually have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I, I'm not certain, but right. They're just not in, they're not in each other's orbits. They have like, right. there's its own orbit over here. And we actually Avienda. get introduced to two characters here because you get parents, he's Avienda and, in the cage after being convinced to go back by Hopper. Mm-hmm. Sees um, Uno, Uno's dead body, and he's like yeah. about to get it out of the cage. Avienda stops him, says they'll hear, and then Dane Bornhold. Dane Bornhold up. shows up. And it, at first, I'm like, it, they, they didn't quite like, I was like, all right, where's the white cloak, right? Uh, yeah. But he's so likable. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and you can, you sort of get glimpses of that. Later in the books, I mean, we were just talking in the most in the book we're in now, Life of Dreams, about how we like him, um, yeah. him and a few other white cloaks, whereas you never had before. But that's the point. At this point in the books, you definitely wouldn't have liked him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I actually appreciate the fact that he is a somewhat likable white cloak. Yeah. I yeah, mean, me too. he's still he's still a white cloak, as yeah. we see, you know, right, right, right. But he still picks up the act when it's time to be a white right. cloak. It, it helps draw kind of the difference of like, okay, there's, there are white cloaks who are truly evil. And then there's mm-hmm. white Valda. cloaks who maybe they're not the best people, but they, they're doing what they're doing because they, they believe they're doing the right thing. Right. And in his case, I mean, it's even established Jeff from Bornhall, this is father. And so partly he's a white cloak because his dad's one. And so, you yeah, know, he doesn't, he's not buying all of what Valda's selling. Certainly. Yeah. But yeah, we get another scene with, with, uh, Valda, I gotta say, man. I mean, the act, the actor's name is escaping me right at the moment. The guy who plays Valda is just so perfect. So he really is a great villain, yeah. as he should be. It's, uh, Abdul uh, Salas or uh-huh. Salas, I'm not sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's just anytime he shows up. Uh, it, you know, when he showed up in the first season, it was like, I don't care that this is not in the books. He's doing a great job. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, you're just like, I hate this guy <laughs> immediately. <laughs> you know, in setting up, obviously, that there is a tension between Valda and Dane. Yeah. That will help yeah, establish. Right. Dane gives uh, Avienda water, shows her kindness, and Valda is not okay with that. Yeah, and also he wants to torture her straight up. I mean, mm-hmm. to try to find information. You know, it's funny because... It took me a while to realize, like, anytime a character says, put to the question, yeah. they're, they're talking about torture. In- yeah. The Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, yeah, we see Perrin because he overhears and he knows Valda is... He's like, oh, dang, this yeah. guy again. <laughs> right. So he's... You, you can kind of see him making the decision, like, I've got to get this woman out of here. I love um, the... Uh... Kyrian in the distance at the ne- the beginning of the next episode, the next scene. It's yeah. like uh, in the cityscape. <laughs> you just see some see some lights on. Yes, and, at first uh, I thought it was Torvalon, but nope, it's uh, uh, Kyrian. We're back in with Lanfear, right? Yeah, yeah. and she's finds the uh, the lady with the horse horses yeah. who trying to trying to steer wrong, but ain't ain't Lanfear's first of rodeo. Yeah, yeah, and this poor woman, you know, didn't take Moraine's advice or commands or whatever quite as literally didn't realize the the danger she was in so she gets her mouth sealed shut yeah how'd you pull that one off man i don't know that's a interesting is, is there a skin weed? of the yeah right <laughs> goes to show that there's a degree to which lanfear is just an awful awful person not i mean just killing a guy off that's one thing and that is terrible but it's like i'm just going to torture this person 
just because. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. One thing uh, my friend said who has, again, not read the books, just watching the show, he's like, it's pretty clear that these Forsaken are really good at using the power, and it would take a lot of Aes Sedai to be able to handle them because they're so good. Like, yeah. That is true. <laughs> yep, and that's the idea. Um, mm-hmm. Then we're off to Tar Valon. Tar Valon, yeah. And Why are we here again? I can't Varen see Sedai. Varen, that's right. Okay. Yeah, she comes in and meets with a couple of her brown oh, yeah. sisters. Yassica and uh, what's the other one? They're making up characters, uh, Naomi. And I, you know, it's like, I get it if you if you need an extra scene and I don't know, you, you don't want to include a character that is it has played some other role maybe. Um, but it always annoys me a little bit. It does annoy me a little bit too. I also, I mean, I figure... There's also a strong possibility anytime they do this that the character is going to get killed. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I come like, gosh, there are so many thousands of characters. You couldn't find yeah. one that didn't have a role to play. And but yeah, that's fine. Um, the most interesting thing to me about this scene is the fact that it's the actress who plays Cho Chang plays. That's um, hilarious. I did not realize that. Plays Yasika. Oh um, man, I would never in a million years have realized that. Yeah, and it's it was funny to me. There aren't very many actresses who clearly have Asian in their background, but speak with a thick Scottish accent. Yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I guess it's probably not that thick, really. I understand really thick Scottish accent. You can't even understand if you're not from true. Uh, like Glasgow or wherever. Yeah, Varen's in Tarvalon. She's up to something. It's not clear what. Then we're in the ways. Back to the ways. And, you know, the ways are good i just still just a moment when like there's a lightning flashing off in the distance i'm just like ah this looks like a set well uh, yeah i don't know i just trying to think of something negative because it's you know it's been a great episode it has been but (laughs) yeah i know what you mean i mean like it's not necessarily the way i pictured it it's yeah yeah true enough to the book so no you have you do have this conversation between nynaeve and leandrin you know where she does She's kind conflicted of, a little bit. Yeah, she, is. You get a little bit more of her reasoning as to why she joined the... Pledged the, the dark. Yeah, Black the Aja. Club. Have they said Black Aja yet? I don't know if they have. They do in this episode, but uh, they haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nynaeve says, I, I would never join the dark. And Leandrin's like, well, everybody has their price. You kind of realize that they're kind of setting it up like all of these people, you know, with... Like even right now with men who isn't necessarily a dark friend, she's there's people who end up serving the dark, but they're doing it because they have something they want. Yeah. If if I was going to nitpick something in in this scene, it's how is she getting them through the ways if they're unconscious? Yeah, sure. I had a, the same thought. With like, it's a lot of trouble to put them on the horse's back and then take them off and build a fire and like I she guess, couldn't sustain the weaves yeah, like, yeah. without getting worn out. It would seem like to, you know, carry yeah, them. Yeah, That seems like the kind of thing they are bending the rules on a little bit. Like just mm-hmm. that she could maybe, maybe. Yeah. It's just an odd thing. Like, okay. Yeah, so she it is. Dr- like dragging them. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, it makes me, I can't, quite remember how she did that in the book honestly oh she convinced them to go didn't yeah, she? no they were she, they, she yeah, didn't betray them until right, she, until the they very ends yeah that's true yeah and why would they not do that hmm. i don't know i don't know i th- i thought that was odd myself i guess they wanted to have this moment where they knew she had betrayed them and be able to have this conversation yeah all. yeah that makes sense yeah so the Next scene is Suroth and Shamael, and we get to see the lack of um, headgear, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it may be a very good bald cap. I couldn't um, tell. Yeah, yeah, it know. definitely uh, made me think of the Borg Queen a little bit. Oh yeah, they have these scars too on their heads. Uh-huh. Uh, Turok had some. Right. She has some. And when we were watching, Megan asked me about that. She was like, is that a thing in the books? I'm like, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. Yeah. This scene is a little odd to me only because, I mean, like the woman who's playing Surath, something about her performance feels strange. She She's so enthusiastic. And then her heel turn to, I'm sorry, I forgot myself. Yeah. I don't know. That all didn't quite work for me. You know, and, and to some degree, I agree with Surath. Like... Ishamael can could take anybody 
probably. And I mean, in the in the book, he's the second most powerful channeler, yeah, in in the world, and only by a very close thin margin, really. So to me, it seems like that's not a bad question to be asking him. <laughs> but to be fair, what he's saying is is true. He got his plan, and mm-hmm. it's just got to move along. Kind of so. lays out how. He thinks things are going to go. After that begins my favorite scene. Yes, absolutely. Back to Perrin and Toman Head, and he's decided to free Avienda because no one should be in a cage. Yes. Picks up a hammer. Which feels important, maybe. Yeah. Where's his axe, though? <laughs> yeah, I've got that question, too. So I've seen other people talking about that. Half-moon axe is a big deal in the book hasn't appeared yet or if it has if it's been discarded i can't remember if it was in the first season maybe yeah i don't i don't think so if it it Um, was it didn't make much of an impression it's just described so much i don't know maybe they just didn't think it worked but what does work is avienda (laughs) yeah when they start moving avienda the way she walks is kind of this like hunched over thing which is actually the way i so much of the way I picture Aiel is working out here for me. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah same. Yeah. Like the, the way the that veil, she... The way she talks, the way she jokes, the way she fights. Yeah. Every bit of it is works well. And <laughs> works perfectly. I'm, I'm, I feel like I could almost say pretty much everyone who read Wheel of Time from beginning to end, the Aiel are, are all of our favorite culture. Yeah, like, Absolutely. It's, it's it's the most unique thing. Like when I try to describe it to people, it's like, okay, so they're like Arabian Celtic ninja ninjas, yeah. Native Americans. Yeah. You know, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that sums it up. They're like honor, shame culture. Sorry, I'm talking and we're, we're there. We're at the... Yeah, man. So great. And I've watched the choreography in this so many times. You know, it, what's really hard to do is to have a scene like this where you only have, you know, one or two people fighting a large group of people mm-hmm. and Where it doesn't and, look like it's just like one at a time. Like, exactly. And yeah, they make and, them, and they, they even called that out. <laughs> yes, exactly. They say, you know, that. Hey, everyone attack at once. Otherwise she'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. And, and she still does. And they do a pretty good job of making it feel like they're all trying to get at her at the same mm-hmm. time. And she's just too quick for all of them. Just Flipping around, kicking them. I mean, like this choreography is stunning. Like, I mean, yeah, it is. you know, I'm, I, I shouldn't act like I'm an expert at all, but there are a few really good breakdowns of the choreography in The Last Jedi in the uh, scene with the Praetorian Guards, mm-hmm. which is a great lightsaber fight scene. Yeah. But if you watch any breakdown, they'll point out where even in that scene where they obviously had huge time, there, there are errors one of the Praetorian guards at one point is obviously supposed to go after Daisy Ridley and she wasn't ready. Oh, dang. And so he kind of just stands there for a little bit. Um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I have a soft spot in my heart for episode one, which did mm-hmm. we see that one in theaters together? Or was it two? I can't remember. Uh, I it's probably two. Or three. Probably two. Yeah. The fact that Ray Park is like the consummate stuntman, oh, yeah. choreographer and just, that scene with Darth Maul knocks yeah. it out of the park. The music, everything about it. There's a lot of lot that's wrong with Episode One. Sure, but, but the, man, the lightsaber duel that is, was epic. Yeah, I you know no, I'll I'll go watch the lightsaber fights in Episode One in any, any moment. Yeah, to me, I mean, I I appreciated all the prequels. I think the prequels had the best lightsaber fights. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, some of the dialogue and some of the acting is what it is, but. You know, it, yeah, not to get too far on a tangent, but I really have enjoyed Ahsoka's attempt oh to redeem Hayden Christensen. Yeah, uh, yeah. So good. Yeah, really yeah. enjoying that show. Yeah. Anyway. That's why we got to wrap this up before too long so we can yeah. both catch <laughs> right. it. Indeed. Yeah, so we're on to, to uh, Rand and Moraine. Rand and that- Moraine. Moraine says, uh, you can't go to sleep or she'll kill you. <laughs> okay, that's Fantastic. And he's like, well, can you keep us awake with the power? And she's like, no. Uh, no, can't do not, that either. No, can't really do, can't help you. Um, so we're going to go to my house. Yeah. Uh, so she, she, they're back in Kyrian. Seems like an odd choice since that's where she's, her home base too. That's where Lanfear just was. So Yeah, right. Yeah. So we, we come in and this is a change from the book. Barthanis, who is Barthanis. a character. Right. Yeah. That I think this is why you know generally works to go ahead and introduce Barthanis and because he has a 
does have a part to play, and I think this can fit with that. He he's Moraine's nephew now, and yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that continues to play out, especially if depending upon how things unfold. I think of stuff at the beginning, really of the beginning of the slog, actually. Yes, yes, indeed. But uh, anyway, so yeah, there's this, there's a funny moment in this scene. Well, there's a few funny moments that, you know, when Moraine says of Barthanus's marriage to the queen, I hope it'll be a, a happy match. And then Moraine's sister says, well, it's happy enough that the name Damadred is held in high esteem. Basically, in other words, no. <laughs> um, oh, quite vic- Victorian of you. <laughs> yes. You know, kind of an interesting thing is uh, in, in New Spring, Moraine more or less turns down the opportunity to become queen of Kyrian. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. In her background. And so if that is true of this Moraine too, it, it would kind of make sense for her sister to be a little resentful of her missing the opportunity to elevate their house. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And that's uh, like she spends the next 20 years or 40 years striving for that herself. Right. So that yeah. would be an interesting detail if she divulged it, which we may or may not ever find out. I did love at one point, uh, sorry, earlier, the actual, I think the actual quote was close to what uh, she said. Rand said, we need sleep. And Moraine said, no, that's the most dangerous thing we could possibly do. Uh, uh, yep. They ask, are you a warder? Rand says, no, I'm not a warder. And then you can tell Moraine like, is like, this is... Rand. She's doesn't even. <laughs> this is this is my this is my rant. <laughs> yes, she doesn't even know how to be slightly deceitful, and, right, and right, right. you know, it's like uh, too tired to come up with anything. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, a new cute thing where she says "my liege" to Barthanus as she leaves. Then we're back to the White Tower. Right back to Shiriam and Varen. Yes, Detective Pikachu Varen, who <laughs> that's good. Great she's film. trying to figure out where the Supergirls are. It's kind of like oh, um, they're yeah, they're 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 around here somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, and <laughs> there are things in this plot line that I need to talk about in a spoiler yeah, section. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah. that would there's some sub, there should or shouldn't be some subtext here that is confusing. Anyway, yeah, yeah we could do that. But but. Is is explainable, but at the same time is it requires a charitable take. On yeah, the state um, of the world. But anyway, at the same time, I'm just so happy Varen's here. Yeah, um, same. Being being her awkward Varen self, it's working. It's fun, and then they have her little. You know, they have this little back and forth where it's oh well, the daughter heir. She left. That seems like that would be worth remembering. Yes, you would think so. I must have forgotten. Oh, you know, <laughs> right. all this kind of little. It does feel very Aes Sedai, like catching each other. Yeah, kind sure. of, right, right. Uh, something about it. I love these sets. Anyway, then Cho Chang comes in and uses her photographic memory to. At one point, didn't they show? I was trying to find it. Didn't they show the page and it was like the writing was not in English, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, when they they show it here, when um, in the the scene immediately after, where oh, okay, maybe that's where I was. Yasika is recounting things, Mm -hmm. and I guess this is supposed to have been a recreation that Yasika did because she said something about her eidetic memory. Yeah, Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, the, she shows the slight tremor, Shiriam's writing, and this is where Varen says, "Do you think that this might be because a weave of Trying compulsion mimics her handwriting?" Or indeed, and that's where we get the line that would mean the block Blockage, really right, right. Mm-hmm. does exist. I, as a book reader, I appreciate this moment. If uh, s- someone was watching this and hadn't read any of the books, that I, I wonder how much gravity that would hold. <laughs> right. Because it seems like it wouldn't be much, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, well, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, maybe that's bad, I guess. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different color, certainly. Yeah. Than the other colors we've talked about thus far. The Black Power Ranger is cool, so... Nothing wrong with him. Foam yeah, and the way yeah. gate opens. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool moment there, the Waygate. The irony of her handing them over and 
saying at the same time, you know, what you do to these women is right. Right. Which I mean, to be fair, that is very human. <laughs> um, sure. Like, yeah, like she's serving, hypocr- serving doing her job, but also like, I don't like you and I don't like what you're doing. I'm just doing yeah. what I'm supposed to do here. What I'm told to do. Right. And, you know, just the hypocrisy sort of, of her participating in it. Yeah. And then like you can tell she's conflicted because she wakes Nynaeve up to sort of give her a fighting chance. You know, we get to see some more of the Suldam and Damani. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, we've already talked about the Shan Shan, just everything looks kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, there's some choices. The, the Suldam having their faces painted like that. Yeah. The bottom half of their faces. Right? Is just... I don't know. It's just another one of those things. I'm like, um, okay, I guess it's, it's a choice. Uh, they're um, not from around here. We we get it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're it, doing it, some strange, make strange style choices. And and of course, the magical pacifier, as we as we've talked about, right? Um, that that's the one that really gives me pause the most. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. Get that thing out of her mouth, man. That's don't oh, nobody. Well, and just I mean, knowing the practicality of that actress is just holding that thing in her mouth. Yeah, exactly like um, but yeah um so yeah you do have this moment where leandrin you know sets the girls forte up between leandrin and suroth which right that's yeah, fine leandrin sets the girls free wakes, wakes them up and gives them a chance but, uh Nynaeve can't channel because she's not, not angry. angry enough yep uh, elaine and Egwene managed to you know, one of the things that's interesting is the Suldam don't appear to be speaking the common tongue mm-hmm. when they're giving commands to their Damani, which I have to say, it is kind of cool the way they're making that yeah. with like um, the uh, Suldam kind of having these hand motions that are replicated by the Damani. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, I keep. Going back to Power Rangers, but in a good way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just because uh, Nynaeve uh, was oh, a yeah. Power Ranger. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> I had forgotten that. And yeah. Um, something that uh, when, you know, Megan was watching, she was like, they just totally left this completely. <laughs> I left Egwene behind. Egwene, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it happens in the books to yeah. um i mean i feel like they don't that's what i said not, i don't like, mean to but it definitely yeah, it, happens it i mean in the books to me it felt more like they got further away before they, they realized yeah and i think that's what they were trying to go for here but it really did just look like they ran off and left her yeah <laughs> then um, uh, on to hopper and perrin hopper's kind of off the side eating some meat yeah and, and uh, perrin's Avienda. talking with Avienda, and again i just I love this. I love, love, I love the jokes that she, she throwing out some jokes that, to make him feel uncomfortable. And it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly how the IEL should behave. Yeah. yeah. It's not a lover wetlander though. I would not be opposed. And then he's <laughs> like, um, what, uh, and she um, just busts out laughing. It's yeah. Great. So great. <laughs> and yeah, I had to, you know, I just, to me, it was awesome. It was yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. she starts with my water is yours. He's like, what? And she can tell that he's uncomfortable. And so, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, that, yeah. It does sound kind of like vaguely suggestive. My water is yours. Like, okay. I can see. Yeah. yeah. She so embodies Avienda. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's not the way I pictured her, but like now I am picturing her. exactly like, I when I read the book, I'm going to picture her now. Yeah, definitely. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It works. yeah. I think I think more so than than most other characters. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be honest. There's still others that I am not. I'm not picturing the yeah. the show. No, I, but so. but yeah. This this Avienda. It's like like no. It. That's it's well. It's what Daniel Radcliffe did for Harry Potter for me because yeah yeah yeah. It was. It wasn't exactly the way I pictured it, but it was like okay, no, that's Harry Potter now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, agreed. And every time you know all the books that came out after, it was like, all right, this and is. And the the more show we get, and the more these people embody these characters, the more that'll happen for all of them. I think. Yeah. Um, but it's a harder sell in some cases. Yeah, it's true. And on to Falma with Elaine and Nynaeve hide from. Uh, they're they're Shang doing Chan. the novice equivalent of um nose and mustache sunglasses <laughs> right. you got some uh 
some yeah. blankets or whatever you call yeah, ponchos, some kind of, something that they've yeah. draped over themselves. Mm-hmm. That you know, this part is one of the weaker parts of the episode where they're just walking through, and this just guy that we find out later is is a yellow otter warder. Right. Just sneaks up behind him and bashes them into the wall. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, it's fine. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's okay. It's just whatever. I wish there, I I do wish there had been something that was like. You know, they they saw something that indicated to them like, oh, hey, this is a and and they would have had to have set this up, obviously, which they haven't. But something that was like, you know, oh, this would be a yellow Aja place to stay or whatever. Right. Um, But, you know, I I think this is an opportunity to maybe give Nynaeve somebody who it's like, okay, this is why Nynaeve. Oh, yeah. Sell the yellow Aja a little bit. Yeah. Is is like into the yellow Aja beyond just her being interested in healing. Yeah. Which hasn't really been pushed very hard. Right. Anyway. On to Varen and Leandrin having a little back and forth about where the Supergirls went. And some white asparagus. Yeah, I love I love the way Varen like finishes her sentence for her. Like, oh yes, only um at that particular place at this this time of year. Right. Um as if to say, Yes, I know it's an alibi. <laughs> right. We both know what's really going going on here, but we're <laughs> playing nice in the tower for some reason. Right. And then conveniently Leandrin suddenly remembers, Oh yes, I heard about a group getting attacked. Yeah, so we should we should go talk to the the Emerald Seed about that. Yes, and um, and and it's so funny here because of course, and and you you, you got to be like, come on, Leandrin, you're smart. You know she's not buying it. Yeah, right. Baron's yeah, not that's even true. Yeah, she's not. You know, Baron's not even trying to hide it. Really, right? She's being almost patronizing sounding. Right, like, oh, really? Yeah, that's too bad. You know, mm, yeah. <laughs> kind of. And she's like, hurry, and she walks off, and Baron just looks like. You you for real? Like you? <laughs> She's selling this pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> like, are you um, committed to this? The next scene is Moraine and um, with her sister, and it's them kind of having a, a sisterly moment. The big thing that I guess the one thing that happens is when she explains to um, I forget that her sister's name is. Yeah, well. She she explains to her, well, I probably shouldn't have come back here <laughs> because mm, yep. I have probably put us in the crosshairs of uh, one of the more powerful Forsaken and Anver is Anver, whatever. She's she's like, yeah, you shouldn't have come back. Right, right. And, <laughs> you know, so Moraine says something about, you know, I've got to protect Rand. Apparently, she once said to her younger sister something is about, it when, yeah, is it when, which is a great question to yeah, ask. Sure. Yeah. It actually, I mean, you know, as a person who's had my own mental health journey, uh, that is that is actually kind of a part of the cognitive behavioral therapy that you mm-hmm. have to do. Take a step um, back and get some perspective and, right, and determine if what you're thinking is true or is it just your... Have you, do you have a distorted perspective on things? Exactly. And, and so, I too you know, have I, had a mental health attorney. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, uh, I think it, it's very helpful. I've got to say, the, you know, the most impressive piece of acting is actually in the scene when she asks her, is it true? And then they close up on Rosamund Pike, reasoning that out. Yeah, yeah. As she, you know, kind of shakes her head and her eyes move around. I just, you know, it's a very simple moment, but it's just kind of a masterclass. And if you need to to see what it, you know, what it looks like for a person to come to a, like a, a realization on screen, um, it's a great little moment. It's, it's a small thing. And totally. Yeah. Anyway, so to Rand has fallen asleep and then is, it appears to be. Ishmael appears to be laying next to him, creepily stroking his face. But nope, it's actually Lanfear. <laughs> and and this one faked me out the first time. I was like, "What is what going are you doing, on, man?" Nope. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and uh, yeah, when we were watching, here. Megan just laughed at it. That, that scene, it was like she she seemed to catch pretty early on that it was supposed yeah. to be kind of goofy. Right. Right. Um, but. This I love this scene. I do yeah, love this scene. Yeah, it's great. Kind of some of the 
back and forth between Landfear and Ishmael in uh, Teleron Riyadh. I love that Landfear has got her evil makeup on now. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. Gone is the, oh, she looks uh, either young or older. No, now she just looks, you know, evil. Car- evil yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, it is, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love this. The, I love both of them. I love mm-hmm. both of them in these roles. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Um, Mael, he is quickly becoming, you know, like, like Avienda, like this is the way I'm going to uh, picture him now, even though yeah, it's- I think I like him better in the show than at this point in the book where he really is just the, this big, bad evil in Tavir and boys dreams. Right. I mean, we don't get these moments right. in the early books where we you know, kind of humanize him and he's, I don't know. He's just not, it, it, you get the impression he is scheming and intelligent, but you don't really get to see that as much at the, this point in the book. Um, well, and he later. also, you, he gets to his motivation here, which is to say, break the wheel, break the wheel, because yeah. that's the only way to actually end suffering. Yeah. Um, you get to a place where you're like, oh, he, he, he actually isn't just a mustache twirling guy. Like, yeah, he yeah. has a very deep seated reason. Right. He is convicted. This. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope that we get Lanfear's backstory. Oh, um, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't care if we actually see the Age of Legends or not, you know, from when, mm-hmm. you know, of course, I don't think that's a spoiler to say that Forsaken. No, no. Yeah. Legends. I mean, we know At she's from point. the Age of Legends. Um, but she has a unique role to play and a unique story in the yeah. Age of Legends. And yeah, I hope we, that seems likely that they'll do that. And it probably will not be in whatever book five, whenever we learn that story. So yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious about that as well. Um, you could see them doing that in this season or next. You know, depending. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's such a punchy story, um, kind of a bit of an origin story that works right. really well. So yeah, there, there's several things in this scene that I like. I like when he, you know, looks at hey, her and I, says. You're going to, you know, are you, are you going to betray me? And she says, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they just laugh like, yeah, like, oh yeah, it's just all part of the game as you, um, and she kind of goes through, says, talks about Grendel and the boys, Morgedian, mentions all a, of them. I think uh, there was a meme. I think, um, Megan said she, she pulled up the Tumblr tag, um, and uh, somebody said, I, I love Landfear dismissing half of the most powerful channelers in the world as the boys. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but what it does tell us is that Masana and Simarag are, are out. out. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's fine. They're like, they don't have Masana doesn't have a huge role to play anyway. Simarag, I, you know, I'd be hard pressed to really tell. I mean, Grindel and Simrog apart. Yeah, well, in the last few books, the Simrog has a more significant role, but it, I mean, it's nothing that you couldn't combine into. Honestly, I mean, Ishamael is kind of fulfilling it by being the one who's the the talking with. Yeah, like the perspective into the Forsaken. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the like that was the problem. Like I was saying with Ishamael in the early books, is that you just didn't see what he was trying to do. Like you didn't have that. Uh, insight into their plans and and uh, that was such a nice change later that you did started to see you know that they're people you know they have power but they're they're people they're making mistakes they're making choices they have schemes and plans um and he's not just this boogeyman and oh that's weird how they like summon rand not really but like an image of him oh yeah into the room like oh no (laughs) Yeah, weird. just to talk about him. I'm, I'm I'm sort of glad that Ishamael like woke up right? yeah. <laughs> at that moment. Yeah, it's like what were they planning on doing with him? And it, at um, this point, I mean, he mentions Matt and Perrin, which I don't know that I really felt like the Forsaken. They were on the Forsaken's radar until much later. Well, um, I would agree with you, except I just I just re- started re-listening to the Great Hunt, and mm-hmm. you know the the scene at the beginning with the, the Dark Friend Social. Mm-hmm. He shows images of all three of them. Huh. Okay. And acts as if they're all three significant. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how they don't really seem to 
pursue the other two nearly as much early yeah, on. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a couple of times where they kind of interact, mm-hmm. but, but you're right. right. It's just like sudden trolic attacks. You know, for right, a while. exactly. It's it's maybe kind it's of just like, because the Forsaken are so powerful, and you know what, Matt has he can gamble, and Perrin can talk to Wolf. Like you know, it, yeah. It, it always there's always that tension. Actually, my friend mentioned this too. He's like, you know, what do you do with if you can talk to wolves where these people are throwing fireballs? Like you know. That's a fair point. You just got to just skip past that because it's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. You know, he's not going to try to fight Ishamael. You know, that would be a mismatch. Well, I mean, with with Matt especially, but both Matt and Perrin, I mean, because they're Taviran, it's like better to be lucky than smart. Yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) And that really is kind of the way it's played in the books. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that was the Tavirin thing really was a brilliant way of having writing plot, in armor. plot armor. Yeah, you know, for like sure. In world reason for plot armor. And it hasn't really been uh, ever this season so far. I mean, Tavirin hasn't come up because, you know, like they, there were all whatever, four or five of five of them were all Tavirin. Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, that was a change and it just hasn't come up again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe be, it will. You know. Yeah. Hope, hopefully. Cause yeah. it's, you know. and it is a totally fair point that the super girls might as well be Tavirian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they should have plot armor too, based on what happens, you know, the books or times like they shouldn't have gotten oh, away. Totally. From, you know, got free. So yeah, I think that's a fine change too. I think there's even a point at which, you know, one, a character says to one of them, you sure you're not Trevian too. Right. Right. And it almost sounds like Jordan kind of like being aware, like, yeah, yeah. Just okay. Yeah. Nudge, nudge, have, wink, wink. <laughs> they have the plot armor too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. If this was George R. R. Martin, one or several of them would be dead by now. <laughs> right. Ishamael's awakened to be brought before Lord Turok or two rack as <laughs> the Daco Vale says. Um, basically, Turok, I mean, like, who, he has a point. What are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> where'd you get the Horn of Valier, man? Yeah. Why should I not just kill you right now? But Shamayel plays it cool. He's like, yeah. look, I'm just a humble man trying to make my way in the galaxy. Um, <laughs> and, Calls out know, the court of the nine moons. Yep. Um, says all the right things. And he, mentions Lady Suroth has a gift for you and I ask you would accept it. Mm-hmm. And uh we're back with Nynaeve mm-hmm. and they're being awakened by, by the Yellow Aja Lady, uh um, who's another new character, I think. Rhyma. Um, yeah, I don't know, I haven't looked, but I assumed I'd, I didn't recognize the name, certainly. So I, yeah, I I should have I should have looked this up. Because yeah, I was trying to remember exactly who they had contact with in Falma, but oh maybe um, maybe actually the book yeah something about Falma. yeah okay all right so maybe this is actually okay is in the great hunt book i stand corrected there you go did not recall that character but there are so many yes and only in one chapter i think so i (laughs) like i can there you go i feel pretty good about that and we just get that they've been they're being seen to uh then we come down to um, suroth and Egwene. Egwene is thrown before turak and made into a demoni yes collared kind of a cool collar effect i wouldn't have pictured the little chest plate part yeah uh, the, but it works i get no problem i mean with it. i don't mind the chest plate i don't love the like iron man nanotech the way it yeah. comes on <laughs> yeah like that's true it, it I, I don't know just something about that yeah yeah it, it doesn't quite doesn't work s- yeah sit right with me but but yeah then the fact that she immediately starts reacting and that you know they show that the uh I do like the fact that they the they show the the connection between the Suldam and the collar is not actually doesn't have to be a physical connection, mm-hmm. but it can um, be, right? But it can be, yeah. Yeah, so yeah that they, works. That'll uh, be interesting to see that plot line. It's a good right. one. It's it's such an important part of her character development. Right. So then back forward. to Rand and Moraine. Moraine says, "Yes, you should just go to sleep because Celine Lanfear could have." Killed you already if she wanted to. So 
And, and, and Rand's like, yeah, you know, I was kind of into her. Um, it was complicated. <laughs> and before well, I found that's out when, she was a demon lady. Yeah. That's when Moraine's like, well, Lanfear loved the dragon. And well, that did bother me that she said loved the dragon reborn. Like, no, 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 no. Yes. He's yes. Dra- Rand is a dragon reborn. Yes. He was went loose there and was the dragon. <laughs> yes. I guess this, I don't know if this is us, you know, trying to say, all right, well, the, you know, the wheel keeps turning. And so every <laughs> right. dragon every, is the he's dragon always re- the dragon reborn, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's fine. But yeah, I don't know. I, I had the exact same reaction when I heard that. I was like, well, no. <laughs> the only thing I can think is that maybe people would be confused. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm all about giving uh, the audience the benefit of the doubt and being yeah. true to it. So Rand's anyway. like, all right, and it goes and lays down with purpose. And yeah, it's funny <laughs> to like lay down with like, like right, I'm, I'm going to go to sleep. To sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, as we were watching, Megan said something like, you can just fall asleep like that? You can just like lay down? Like he's so stressed about <laughs> right. possibly getting killed. Like, and I need a sleep mask and some white yeah. noise and maybe a weighted blanket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In about 20 minutes, probably yeah. more. I was like, well, I guess if I had been awake for more, more than a day straight... Right. Maybe I could fall asleep pretty quickly. Laying on your back. I need some breather right strips and a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CPAP and Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So he wakes up or he, he uh not wakes up, but is suddenly in Teleraniad, um strapped to a wheel um with Landfear looking quite uh demonic and um yes. evil. He's in great shape, man. He's got the, got yeah. the muscles going on. Yeah. Good on you, Josha. Um, and then Lanfear says, finally. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. And it's uh, it, it explains the image that we'd been seeing about the season of him strapped to the wheel. Right. Um, which, uh, you know, when I saw it, it's like, well, that's a cool image, but I have no idea what, what's going on with that. Because, right. <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm I'm glad it's in Teleran uh, Riyadh. Yeah, and, yeah, that fits um, well, right? Kind of looks like they're in the IE waste, and right. This was an open, awesome episode. We've it talked was, about it a lot, indeed. I am excited. I'm not actually. If the next episode is just okay, I'll be I'll be fine. Yeah, totally. And and again, if they can stick the landing, if they get. Um, the final episode, right? Then, yeah. The the combina- the one two punch of episode four and five has me. It's pretty, pretty great. Well, let's let's talk spoilers. So spoilers, oh, yeah. spoilers, spoilers for, for everything. everything. If you've not read a um, small child's size of books and don't want to be spoiled, <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs> um, so uh, we've got to talk about the big. Black Aja sized elephant in the room. Varen. Yeah. It, and Shiriam. Varen and Shiriam in and the Leandrin. same room. And Leandrin. And Leandrin. Varen having the back and forth with Leandrin. Like, uh, and I know with the Black Aja in the books, they don't all know who each other is. They know yes. two others. So it's entirely yes. possible that they don't know that Leandrin didn't know Varen was Black Aja. Varen didn't know Leandrin was Black Aja. But also, we know that Varen is like undercover, not Black Aja. <laughs> right. And. So, but then the whole funny thing of okay, Shiriam is Black Aja, right? And and acting like she doesn't know what's going on, right? And so it's all quite confusing. It's kind of funny because it's like it's actually in one way it's quite plausible and humorous that somebody in the Black Aja yeah. would have to do compulsion on someone else in the Black Aja, right. either not knowing it or undoing it intentionally. Yeah, yeah, and they're so kind of ultimately ineffectual. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I dearly hope that Shudvarin is indeed a Black Aja and be committed to doing the right thing, even though she's Black Aja. You know, like that. that is, a, that is her character yeah, okay, in, at completely. its core, and they have to get that right. Yeah, yeah. No, and Leandrin I, I, obviously is Black Aja, and Shiriam, I, I think it, 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 it is pretty important to me that Shiriam is Black Aja. Yeah. I mean, so... I don't know. I, I this is just weird. It's just weird all around. I think yeah. anyone who's gonna like like watch this after the fight, come back and watch this after knowing after just seeing the whole show would probably have a different 
kind of response to it than if they didn't know this, this, this have this context, obviously. And that was really the main thing that, you know, as I was watching this and I was like, I mean, we've got to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) like just black odds everywhere. Right. That's the takeaway. Like by the end of the book, you're like, okay, I get it. Everywhere there are dark friends. Everywhere there's Black Aja. You know, right. you never know who it's going to be. It's a nice little MacGuffin that works well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's a scene in in the book somewhere. It's not there. You know, there's a scene where like randomly Alviarin's in a scene early on in around the same time that like Shuriam is 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 there and and may, maybe either Leandrin or and, and it was just it. it it does happen in the book where there, there's like, oh, there's like three black objects. I know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like you're saying, because they worked in cells where they, they each only knew two others. Right. It's quite possible that, you know, even even none of them would have, you know, known. Although, you know, with as you're saying, with Varen, with her doing her little I like the fact that they're highlighting, oh, she's working on this history. Right. And so it kind of yeah, that's what she's been you I, know, I wanna say that's what Van Dien and Adelius were doing, maybe? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that makes sense. Right. But it actually makes sense as a cover for what she's really doing mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, and it does seem to me like she seems to know, you know, what's going on with everybody somehow. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, had to talk yeah, about that. It'll be interesting to see where they where they go with it, but it is fun. Uh, it will be. It seems likely that they need to resolve some of the Black Aja stuff faster. I mean, Shiryum yeah. is Black Aja for you know the dang, whole dang series, just about right. Um, and and maybe they could keep that going. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how how uh, it seems like they're they're doing some things faster and simpler and uh, we'll see it'll be interesting yeah. and it would be interesting to be a, a fly on the wall in the writer's room to see that some of the choices they're making right and to argue yeah. with them i want to argue with them some <laughs> oh yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff it's like why why did but, you do that but also yeah. some of the stuff good job <laughs> yeah yeah avienda good job yes exactly um so anyway looking forward to next week yeah. We may we may not do an episode. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be at Disney World, so um, so we're probably gonna skip a week and do two yeah, the next time. Sounds, sounds good. To our listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, you can always go on our website uh, tsmpodcast.com. Either fill out the contact form and let us know some thoughts you have, questions, corrections, funny thoughts. If it's interesting, we will read it sometime. If you want to contribute, you can uh, click the donate button there at the top of the website. Help us out. Um, but if not, we're glad to have you. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, Taisha Armanethrin.